Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Welcome to part three of our four-part series talking all about transitions and changes and this new chapter here at Boss Project. I will be interviewing Emily today so you guys can be nosy and hear the answers to the questions that I'm sure you're asking, whether you've actually gotten her DMs and asked them directly or you've just thought them. I'm hoping I can clear up some of those things for you today, as if you guys don't know who this is. Welcome to the show, Emily. Hello. I am enjoying being treated like a guest. Well, thanks for coming on as a guest. I know that a lot of you are just genuinely curious. And so I'd love to just start by asking you what inspired you to start this new chapter in your life? Well, I wanted to try to throw in as many like writing puns and book puns as possible in this episode. And so I need you guys to take a shot of your cold brew every time you hear a book pun. Honestly, it was kind of, at least for me, one of those moments. First of all, if y'all haven't listened to episode one and two, you're definitely going to want to go listen to those. You're going to be so confused. You're going to be real confused. The too long didn't listen version is I'm stepping down from my role as co-CEO and CMO of Boss Project to pursue other things. Today's episode is going to be giving you all the insight on what the heck I'm actually pursuing and what am I doing behind the scenes if it's not Boss Project. So ultimately, I think for me, after reflecting on oh shit, how did I get here to actually go through this transition? Something I've been thinking about for so long. I feel like in the the best way I can describe it, unfortunately, is it was one of those shit or get off the pot kind of situations. <laughs> and it was like, this is something I've literally wanted to do for my entire life. But I started kind of the very beginning stages of it in 2020. So started writing in 2020. I started writing a book in 2020 and actually wrote an entire book and then shelved it and then started another one and really pushed myself to just get it out there. And that book, that story has kind of just 
grown and taken on a life and things have snowballed relatively quickly in that arena where it required me to give it a little bit more attention and it required for me to give it a little bit more of my energy and my creative time. And even if I wasn't like fully gung ho ready about it, cause no one ever is. It's always like the conversations of like, when you're ready to have a family or when you're ready to move or when you're ready to do this next chapter, you're never actually really ready, but you just kind of have to make that leap. And so I did and I'm here and I'm excited. Yeah. And I think that should or get off the pot moment was specifically related to this desire for you to be an author and to to write a book and to pursue that dream wholeheartedly and give it the time and space that it deserved to do it the way you want to do it. Well, tell us a little bit more about those initial steps. Obviously, you started writing back in 2020, but you were primarily writing after hours, nights and weekends. And then when did things kind of start transitioning for you? Well, I would say it started to feel different. It started to feel like it could be something bigger when I did ultimately decide to publish on Kindle Vela. And so if y'all follow me on Instagram, you might know a little bit about this, but to catch some of you up, I'd written an entire book, like 70,000 words worth of a book, gotten it professionally edited, freaking love my editor. She's awesome. Got her feedback and loved her feedback and really was excited about the changes that she suggested and how I knew I could make the book better. I rewrote the first six chapters and then I froze. I got all up in my head about perfectionism and, oh, it's actually garbage and no one's going to read it. So it's not worth it. And really kind of feeling like that little bit of ADHD tendency of, I already did it once. I don't want to have to rewrite the entire book. Like that doesn't sound fun. And so I shelved it and didn't do anything with it for like two years. So I got inspired again to start writing, had a story in my brain, started getting it out and learned about Kindle Vela, which is an Amazon reading and writing platform where it's serialized or episodic reading. And so think like a podcast where a podcast can release however many episodes at whatever frequency they want. And you listen to them whenever you have time and the story or the storytelling develops over multiple episodes is the same kind of concept where chapters are called episodes and an author can write and release as many as they want at whatever schedule they want. And you as the reader can unlock them using tokens. And so you pay for tokens and it unlocks chapters or episodes. So the concept of it, I didn't really care. This isn't like a review for the Kindle Vela platform or even a recommendation for the platform. But what it did for me was push me out of my perfectionism stage. And I was like, F it, I'm just going to release a handful of episodes and get people to see if I can get people to read them to see if I can get some initial feedback. And I'm someone who is very, very, very externally motivated with timelines or feedback or whatever. Like I shared something during the process that was like, I get one person that says good job. And my brain's like, okay, I guess I'll keep going. So I needed that kind of feedback in order to give myself the motivation to keep writing. And so Kindle Vela to me was the thing that was like, holy shit, I did this. And I actually published a book. It's like 50,000 words on Kindle Vela. It's available right now. And hundreds of people have read it and people left reviews and people are asking for more. And so I was like, well, I need to actually take this seriously now and do the next step. Yeah. Well, and I remember when you first described Kindle Vela to me, you kind of put two things in my head about it. One, that it was 
Amazon's solution to the podcasting world, but in written form. So like you're consuming content in more bite-sized chunks and ideally a lot of it. And they're trying to monetize it specifically. And then you also described it as episodic in the way that like your favorite series is on Netflix or whatever, where every episode has its own storyline, but then all of the episodes collectively do character development and build the story overall. And I know that in this upcoming book, you're taking all of that episodic work and you're turning it into one full-fledged book, which is almost doubling its total word count. And I don't think you've even specifically mentioned genre yet. So tell us, A, what kind of author are you? And then what is this new book about? Yeah, so the genre is romance new adult. It is spicy. So 18 plus. It's a love story. I like to think of myself and whether I do it well yet or not, hopefully I will eventually. I want to be someone who tells really emotionally connected, heartfelt love stories that have really solid spice. I had binged romance. I've read romance for many, many, many years. Hashtag to Flowers in the Attic being my first book that had inappropriate relations in it that got me hooked on exploring more of the genre. That is not a romance book. But if you are like an 88er, you know Flowers in the Attic and like the imprint that it left on your soul. And so I started reading a ton of romance in the pandemic leading up to the pandemic. I think it started to get really popular then. A lot more people were reading. And I started reading more of like the rom-commy, cutesy romance, but then also like branching out into other genres and other tropes and started really like it was a hyperfixation for me for a really long time. And like learning about the different literal tropes that are within the romance genre in and of itself. And I started reading, I wanted to write what I felt was missing, which is like what every author says. I was enjoying the rom-com cute relationships that were maybe going to be turning into blockbusters that had maybe one and a half scenes of spice, or they were like buffet to black or whatever. But then to get more spice, I had to read tropes and genres that I didn't really love that like kind of bummed me out. The alpha hole thing I got really burnt out on. If you're in the romance genre, you know what that means. It's just the guy that has like, is kind of like a dick to everyone, but he's only nice to the love interest. I don't love that. There was a bunch of just other, other kind of personality things that I didn't like about the characters that you got when you demanded more spice from your romance. So I wanted to write something that had lovely characters who were very dynamic, who had emotions and who had things going on, but they were kind and they weren't billionaire mob bosses who are just assholes to everyone. And then they fall in love with this one person. And so I'm hoping to kind of carve out this little bit of a lonely niche of like, it is lighthearted and humorous and kind and heartwarming. And you can see yourself reflected in these real life humans who have regular jobs with regular amounts of money, live in regular places, but they're just having really, really good sex. Well, I know that our female audience will appreciate your focus on female pleasure, perhaps in a way that this genre hasn't put much emphasis on in the past. What do you think our listeners specifically can expect to gain from your book? 
Well, I mean, I hope you laugh. I, ho- I do hope you cry. I hope you connect to some of the characters. The, the feedback from my betas at this point are the spicy scenes, the, the emotional relationship scenes are very descriptive in a way that you can't find in other books. So to not get too explicit, right? There were jokes about how other romance novels, like the guy winks at her and things happen, right? And she's there and it's like amazing and incredible. And and that is just not real life. And so I, I know that we read to escape, right? And to live and be and exist in this world that is pretend that can make us feel better about our day-to-day or our own life circumstances. I also think that there's a way to marry real life in with escapism. And so I'm hoping to kind of give a little bit more lens into maybe you can actually picture yourself here. And I hope that it impacts your relationships. I hope that it impacts what you think about yourself, what you think about your body, what you think about the people, you know, and how they serve you in your life and your female friendships. There's there's really strong female friendships in all of my characters that I write about. And it's something that I value in my own life. So hopefully you just really feel good. <laughs> In more ways than one. In all the ways. (laughs) Well, I know our listeners are going to be excited and maybe a little intimidated. I know a lot of people, colleagues of ours, friends of ours who do not read this category, but are like wanting my book to be their first introduction into this category. So if that is you, I love that for us. I want to take you on this journey and dip your toe in with mine. And I have a bunch of more authors I can recommend you to. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. And I, I know for you, kind of watching you write over the last couple of years, you tend to have these like ebbs and flows, seasons of intense writing where you're writing almost every day. You tend to write a lot in the morning. You tend to write a lot outside of the home. But then that's sometimes followed by like this space. I see you get kind of get a little stressed out when you haven't written consistently for a while. Can you talk a little bit more about the challenges you've encountered throughout this writing process and how you've overcome them? Well, leaving my job was how I could overcome the biggest problem that I was facing. And it it was truly like every single time I stepped away from writing because our schedule was a little bit busier, life or business, where things were happening I was so deeply frustrated by that because I knew what it would take mentally for me to get back into it. And every single break sometimes can be days or weeks of a break for me. Or if the opportunity there isn't to write for an extended amount of time, we're talking about five, six, eight weeks of a break. And in this industry, so to speak, like that I don't have time for that. <laughs> that's just not how this works. And that's not what's what's required of me to, to meet deadlines and to and to do what I say that I want to do. And so I I was trying to carve out time for myself to write every single day. And with our work-life balance and with our work schedule, I was able to do that for a really long season. I was getting up at five or six in the morning, writing for an hour or two before I would start with BP and do stuff. And it's not like I burnt myself out on that. It got to where life got busy and then work got even busier. And so I didn't have the creative space. Like writing is the first thing that gets cut when all those things are happening. And I wanted to be in a space where writing wasn't the first thing that got cut. And so I know, I think it's Stephen King who talks about how the best way to write 
really in-depth characters who people feel like they connect to, who have an incredible backstory, who have their own personalities, who weave their tendencies throughout the entire story. The, the best way to do that is to get to know your characters every single day. And you can only get to know your characters by writing and carving that time out with a full-time job and motherhood and other obligations is, is really difficult. And so I'm really excited to be in a space in a space where I have that now. I've been writing a lot now that things have kind of dived down a little bit and it's been great. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you. And I know you already have a potential release date. I don't know if you're ready to even mention it yet. I can mention the season. I don't have specifics on a month or a day yet, but I have a season. Okay. All right. Well, tell me what you're most excited about with this upcoming release and when someone might expect it to be available. Yeah. So the potential release date is this fall of 2023, which is bananas. If it could happen during my birthday month of September, that would be even more incredible. As of right now, it, it is set to, but that changes. I'm expecting to get some my final feedback from my editor by the end of this week, actually. And I'm forcing myself to go into a writing cave to get through revisions. And I'll be very interested to see how I tackle that because revisions is what I do not do, but a lot of authors do not do it well, but I'm hoping with the additional time I can kind of crank through that. But I'm so excited about, there are so many things that go into launching a book and I'm self-publishing. And so I'm self-managing all of these things. There's the elements of figuring out how to actually like the tech behind it, right? Like getting your book actually on Amazon or other platforms, deciding where you're going to market formatting your book, coordinating with your editor and multiple editors and your designer and all of the things that go into that. Not literally just to name a few, but the community and the industry of book writing, especially in the romance genre in particular and fiction in and of itself, it's an entirely new world. And it's so, I love learning about new industries and new technology and new things. And so it's giving me an opportunity to kind of scratch that itch because I literally have to. But I was talking to, I went to a, a summer solstice party when it happened a few weeks ago. And one of my very good friends is a librarian and she brought a friend from work who's obviously also a librarian. And all of my friends are very lovely and will tell everyone at the start of a conversation that I'm writing and publishing a book because I won't tell people that because I'm still a little nervous about it. And so my friend was hyping me up. And so I was talking to her colleague and she's going to help me plan like a book launch party in coordinates with the library, which is very exciting. And so I'm just, I'm excited about literally doing it and releasing it and putting it out there and getting everyone together and celebrate that really big milestone and, and to see what releasing the first book will actually do for future books, for future releases and everything else really. Want to learn exactly step-by-step step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, and I know... Well, this will be the first paper copy of a physical book you put out into the world. In many ways, you already are a published author and you putting your work out on Vela was such an incredible opportunity for you to receive feedback from your audience and get that validation that like, I know you knew that you were a good writer, but hearing other people validate that they enjoyed the story. I'm sure was really significant for you. Anything else to say about the book kind of section of today's episode before we move on? I mean, wish me luck. Send me coffee. Read it. Follow me over on Instagram and I'll I'll tell you where you can hang out with me online. But if it's your genre, great. If it's not, that's fine. Share it with someone who it might be. It's truly one of those things where writing a book and getting it out there is an absolute true grassroots effort. I don't have a big publisher behind me. I don't have their big budgets and and markets behind me. And so it's it's up to all of y'all who might be interested in reading it and sharing it. That's going to help. So leaving a review, sharing it, buying as many versions of you as you can afford. The ebook will release 
probably a month after the paperback. So, so you can order both. Come to an event if you're local here to Kansas City or close by. And all of that stuff makes a huge, huge impact. Oh, well, I'm so excited for you. And I can't wait to see it out in the world and have people like come to you to have you sign copies and hold it in your hand and see it. And like, I'm super interested to see what the book cover is, all of it. I'm still, frankly, intimidated to read it, but only because of the depth of our relationship. And I'm just like, that's an interesting combination. Well, you can buy the physical copy and leave a review and then buy the ebook version (laughs) and share with all your friends. I totally will and am. Really excited to see the cover come together and working with a very talented illustrator. And she's so great. And so, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. Amazing. Well, I'm sure people are also curious, like there is a lot of differences between us working together in the day to day and you starting to have more solo time. So I'd love to know more about the differences you've noticed between working in a partnership and now working completely solo. Yeah, it's a big difference. It's really interesting. When we started our partnership, and I've mentioned this plenty of times on here, but the accountability was a really big benefit for me because I am externally motivated. And so having someone relying on me for a deadline or for work or for a response or whatever was really, really helpful. And so having that kind of external feedback and support and sounding board and accountability was was what I needed. I'm definitely practicing those skills that I've learned over the last eight years of being now by myself and kind of setting up my own software tools, schedules, systems, whatever I can do to kind of mimic that accountability. Luckily, being in the book writing world, having my editor literally text me and be like, you need to send me your stuff is very helpful. Having my designer check in on me and and knowing that there are deadlines that I have committed to that I have paid money to have complete and done. And so that's a huge motivator for me. So I'm just trying to find now I know my weaknesses within productivity. And so I'm trying to find people or systems to take a place of the partnership, basically, so that the accountability can still be there. A piece that I wasn't aware of is we had built a business for so long that was really prioritizing life and the flexibility of everything else that life brings. And we already had a really great schedule and absolutely at the drop of the hat could be like, hey, I'm sick. I'm not coming to these things. And we already had that, which was really great. But there's still that outside factor of being like, well, I can't do, I I feel guilty about doing this in the middle of the day, or I don't want to do this at this time because I'm expected to be doing these things by the team or clients or whatever. And so having that kind of freedom now to introduce those a little bit more often has been really great. Do you find that that takes away from your motivation or aids in it? Because I know for you in general, having a more flexible schedule has always been something you've appreciated. I just am curious if you feel like it makes it hard to jump back in. It doesn't make it hard for me to jump back in because honestly, the biggest difference in like task necessarily is I'm going to significantly less meetings, significantly less meetings. And so like at BP, If I have 45 minutes in between a meeting, I'm just going to stay at my desk and get some work done because I got to hop on a Zoom call later. I got to record this thing or have this coaching call or whatever. I don't have those 
midday throughout the week obligations now. And so it is a really nice flexibility of waking up, being able to dive right into writing. Like I literally don't feel guilty about there's no Slack to check. I have my own email, but I know I can wait two to three hours to check my email. No big deal. I'm going to write fully lasered focused. And then if I want to go on a walk or want to go quick to target, it is a good reset for me to be like, okay, I've got that type of task done for the day. I'm going to go do this thing. Even sometimes it's like I prepped for dinner today. It only took 20 minutes, but previously I would have probably just waited or like delegated that to someone else in my house. And so it was a nice, like different task for my brain and then going into kind of a different phase of my day. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about that for you. I think based on what I know about you and your working style, that that's going to feel really good for a long time. And if anything will fuel you to want to keep something like that, regardless of how you continue to grow. Well, I'm curious about some of your goals. You've obviously talked about publishing the book. Is there anything either outside of or specifically in alignment with the book that you've set up for yourself in this new phase of your career? Well, as lofty as it is, quantity in this industry is your best friend. I'm not expecting to hit like, you know, a winning ballpark book right out the gate. It'd be great if I did. But there are a lot of authors, especially in the romance genre, where books tend to be shorter. They follow the same story basically, even though the story changes. So it's a little bit more formulaic once you figure out your own style of how to write. I'd love to be publishing three to four books a year within the next calendar year and really getting my groove and figuring out my style. And whether that leads to a publishing deal or an agent or just my own independent I'm writing and it's working and I like everything being in-house and then great. If that segues into hiring and working with more people on my book team. Like I have an editor and designer now, which is great. And I have them when I have projects to send them. So it works out really nicely, but really just exploring that and and trying to really figure out what does full-time authorship look like. I definitely see there being some some work in between there. Self-publishing is expensive, you guys. I'm literally paying for everything. I have no advance, writer advance at all to go through. And so I'm trying to put in a little and, and get in a little. And that was another benefit of Vela as I did start making money from that, which was really great. But it is a very like, to do it right and to do it really well and to do it in the way that I know that I can, in the way that's going to set me up for success in the future it's expensive. And so working on freelance stuff in between, working with a couple of really cool companies on some projects in between and supporting that, but that but that being the like ultimate goal at the end of it all. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you and I the idea of releasing four books a year is just like mind-blowing volume. Especially if you know how long these books are. Like romance novels historically have nearly twice as many words as any business or self-help book you've ever read. So that's that's beefy. That's a lot of words. I mean, a, a like a solid romance is between eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand words, which is between three hundred four hundred pages. It's a lot. I can write fast, and I can write a lot in one chunk. But to kind of weave all the pieces together in a way that like makes sense and captivates readers to put the polishing touches on things is 
what I find difficult. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out a system to get myself through that phase easier. Yeah, I, I would absolutely see the like editing and the weaving it back together and adding a nuance earlier in the book so that this makes more sense to be the most challenging. But like the getting the story out there, I think you have a flow state that you get into and things just come. Now, what advice would you have for someone, someone who's maybe contemplating a career change or a career shift? What are some things that you would say to them? Oh, man, I don't know. I feel like if it's something that's been on your heart for a while, I think for me, and and we've addressed this in a couple of other episodes, and like there's not a ton of behind the scenes that I'm going to go into right now, literally at all. In my head, I wish that the transition into me going to full time for writing would have taken longer so that I was more comfortable with it. However, sometimes you just got to do the scary thing and be on the other side of it and get through the hard season and really trust yourself that you're going to catch yourself on the other side of that and create something new and incredible and different. And I think I could have held on to my full time position forever, for so long, always saying, next year, I'll do it. Next year, I'll do it. And so while it did happen really quickly, I don't regret being on the other side of it, knowing that ultimately, this is what I wanted. So I think that there's always that conversation of the chicken or the egg, right? Of like, do you wait to leave until XYZ is lined up or whatever situation could be a relationship, it could be moving to a different town, it could be getting a different job, it doesn't matter what it is. I think we all like to say like, well, when this happens, that's when I know I'll be ready. And you really have to start looking retroactively, like look back and look for the signs that have already been there to show you that it's time to do the scary thing. And with something this significant, like, are you ever ready? I think that's true for every major milestone or shift in your life and career. Like, were you really ready to get married? Were you really ready to have a kid? Were you really ready to whatever? believing in yourself is so huge. And I, I know you do wholeheartedly and I know how ambitious you are and I'm excited to see all the things you accomplish. How have you dealt though with those uncertainties and fears that come up with such a significant transition? Cause this is ultimately a different industry, a different career path while it's similar in daily tasks in so many ways, it's a different world. So what's come up for you? Well, you know, and I know we've talked about this on the show plenty of times. I fully, fully, fully rely on the giant ass ego that my parents gave me as a child (laughs) and fully rely on, honestly, the support of, of everyone that's super close in my life. My partner, my parents, my very best friends, every single one of them believes that I can do this. And so why am I going to be the odd man out that believes that I can't? And so it's just this like trick your brain into saying, yeah, I'm going to figure it out. Even if I don't have it figured out today, trusting, I mean, it goes back to trusting yourself. But if you have any person, any person who's in your life that just unabashedly believes in you and thinks that you can literally do anything like so much so that they're like kind of insane about it. The things that my husband believes that I could do as a job or career as a person is asinine, honestly. I don't know where he gets 
the audacity about me, but I'll take it because it's very helpful in times of, of doubt and in times of fear. And you go to those people and you have them. I have people who like lovingly yell kindness and support at me. And it's, it's very helpful. So find your people, even if it's just a person and rely on them when you're in your head about stuff. Yeah. I want to remind people that ultimately fear and doubt they're not like singular emotions. Like more often than not, you can have fear and doubt and be excited, hopeful, and like motivated, like literally in the same moment. I'm scared shitless and I know it's going to work out. Exactly. At the same time. And it doesn't necessarily go away. I think at least for me, those, those fears and anxieties will like pulse up. Then I'm like, oof. And you have to do something to release that a bit so that you can focus on the things that are going to help you move forward. But it's the yes and for me that I want people to focus on. And, and I think that goes for anything. You're going to have uncertainty and fear about any major life change and what happens every time. I don't know. It, when stuff like this happens, I like to see people reflect on years past and what got them here. How did they react to change in the past? And I know a lot of people can be resistant, but it can be a really positive experience. Now, I'm sure people are curious, what other plans do you have up your sleeve? Anything else? Any other secrets? Any other things you want to share? Well, two things that I guess I, I, one, I should have mentioned at the top and then yes, something to share. I am writing under a pen name for this book. And so if you're searching my name on Amazon and you don't find anything, that's why. When the book is ready to drop, I'm going to share it, which is going to have my pin name on it. And it's fine. You can DM me on Instagram right now. And actually, if you're sneaky, I've already put the link directly to my Kindle Vela story in my link tree on my Instagram profile. I just didn't tell people that it was there. So if you want to sneak around and go find it right now, that's where it is. So you can go find me at Emily says over on Instagram. Deciding to write under a pen name, I could have a whole podcast episode about separately. If you're curious about that, don't hesitate to ask. It was more of a, a confidence thing at the long and short of it. But I'm by no means hesitant to share my book and my work. So you will definitely see it. Outside of that, I am taking on a couple of really cool copywriting freelance projects here and there, <laughs> like very few, very select, again, to kind of just feed the beast of self-publishing in this world. So we'll put this link in the show notes as well. So if you go to creativescatalyst.com, that's just freelance copywriting where you can reach out and contact me about a couple of projects that you guys might have in mind. But hang out on Instagram. I'm also on threads, <laughs> brand new, I'm also on threads and TikTok, all the places I will be sharing all of the book news on Instagram, though. That's where it's at. You can also sign up for my mailing list within the link in my profile there, and I'll share book news as well of ARC readers. If you want to be an ARC reader or a beta reader, or if you're local and you want to come to an event, you're definitely going to want to sign up there too to hear the latest. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today to give everyone a bit more of the behind the scenes. I really encourage you guys to reach out and follow Emily over at Emily Says on Instagram, get on her email list, like she mentioned, and, and really stay connected. You're definitely not going to see Emily go away. She will continue to be a part of the podcast for a bit until her schedule tells me otherwise. <laughs> 
until I'm a famous author on a worldwide book tour. Exactly. Exactly. So I will be sharing more in the next episode about the future plans for Boss Project. But thank you guys so much for staying and listening to this uh, series. And like Emily mentioned, all those links will be in the show notes over at bossproject.com. Thanks again for being here, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.